Well, hey there, and welcome back to the show. Now, as the end of the year draws near, I find myself so grateful, even though 2022 goes down in the books as the most challenging year of my life. I have grown leaps and bounds, developed deep, rich relationships with each of my kids, and have had the good fortune of speaking with some of the most brilliant women on the planet. And my next guest is one of them. I discovered Debbie Reber and her work during the pandemic, and I'm actually listening to her book, Differently Wired, for a second time. During this episode, Debbie and I have an incredible conversation about the challenges of parenting differently wired kids, as well as the gifts that can be found when we surrender our expectations and embrace what is. We talk about the isolation and overwhelm that often occurs for parents of differently wired kids, shifting the focus from fixing our kids to accepting them for who they are, doing the deep inner work necessary to have a positive parenting experience, and the differently wired revolution that Debbie has begun and the paradigm shift that is ever so slowly occurring to support our brilliant kids. Now, Debbie Reber is a parenting activist, best-selling author, podcast host, speaker, and the founder of Tilt Parenting, a website, weekly podcast, and resource for parents like her who are raising differently wired kids. The Tilt Parenting podcast has nearly 5 million downloads and a slate of guests that includes high-profile thought leaders across the parenting and education space. A regular contributor to Attitude Magazine, Debbie's newest book is Differently Wired, a parent's guide to raising an atypical world with confidence and hope. In 2018, she spoke at TEDx Amsterdam, delivering a talk entitled, Why the Future Will Be Differently Wired, that I cannot wait to listen to. But before we dig into the episode, I am super excited to tell you about the ADHD Reset Experience that is scheduled for January uh, Saturday, January 7th. Now, if you feel like the rest of the world has moved on, but you are still recovering from the past three years, then this is for you. I'm raising my hand here because I still feel like I'm recovering. Now, the ADHD Recess is a fun, dynamic, interactive, virtual experience for moms with ADHD, where you will reflect on the past few years, the good, the bad, and everything in between, leave it in the past where it belongs, and confidently welcome the new year with clarity in space for all of the goodness yet to come. An experienced participant from last year summed it up by saying, what just happened. Yeah, it was that powerful. And this year's is going to be even better. Now, what I know about you is that unless it's interesting, important, and and exciting, you won't take the time for it. So I am inviting you to go and get yourself registered. You are going to love this. So imagine feeling less overwhelmed, regaining control of your life, finally, making empowered decisions, being able to refocus more easily, Even if you struggle with distractibility and overwhelm, disorganization, big emotions, lack of focus or hyper-focus. Now you can find all of the deets at visiondrivenmom.com forward slash ADHD reset, one word, or you can find the link in the show notes. Oh yeah. And if you registered before midnight on December 15th, you will also get the vision board masterclass as an early bird bonus. So pause the episode, register for the experience so you don't forget, 
and enjoy this brilliant conversation with Debbie Reber. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, hey, Debbie, and welcome to the show. Hi, Tracy. I'm so happy to be having this conversation with you. I am too. I'm too. I've been really, really looking forward to this. So before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be doing what you're doing now? Yes. So I I always like to preface and say that this was not ever part of my career plan mm-hmm. was to be doing till parenting and creating content for parents. And But I've always been someone who's created what I needed um, after I've gotten through something. And so, yes, I am the parent of a now recently turned 18 year old, differently wired neurodivergent child who, who really kind of threw us for a loop when, when uh, Asher was younger and we started discovering that the path we were on in our parenting journey, wasn't going to be the typical path or the path I envisioned. And you know, and we, we discovered that pretty early on when Asha was, you know, even a baby was very intense and then um, was very precocious as a, as a preschooler. And then we started just getting more feedback from teachers and other people who spend time with Asha saying, I think there might be something else going on here. And so we started mm-hmm. investigating neurodivergence and assessments and evaluations and it has just been years of discovery and unpacking my own stuff and mm-hmm. trying to navigate challenging systems, figure out a path, resources, and it has been just quite the journey. And so we're in such a different place now than we were. And those, especially early elementary school years, were so challenging. Right. And so once we kind of get to a, got to a better place, I felt so strongly that I wanted to create something to help other parents like me not feel that they were alone because right. it is a very isolating and overwhelming journey at times. And yeah. so, yeah, I'm still in it. I just want to say that I am right. still navigating this path. I don't have all the answers, but I, I really wanted to just create something that would help parents just feel like they have support and community as they figure this out. Right. Yeah. I, I, um, I love, I love your story and I love that you say, well, I would just created what I've needed and that isn't that the way, right. Especially because there are no, um, with us as well. I knew, I, I think I almost knew when my first was, um, in utero, I just think I already mm. knew that there was something different. We we joke and say that that uh, that he was born um, he was born forty. He's a very old soul. I remember you talking <laughs> about that with about Asher and and about how Asher yeah. is a very old soul as well. Mm-hmm. Always mm-hmm. preferred to talk to uh, to adults rather and just didn't really relate to uh, to children, which mm-hmm. so is interesting. Yeah. And now at fifteen. Um, still really just loves to have those adult conversation and mm-hmm. adult conversations, but you are right that 
watching all of the other it was kind of like you're watching a um watching a watching a movie right all of the neurotypical families doing mm -hmm. all the things going to target going to birthday parties you know going to Signing mother's morning out what was that yeah signing your kid up for a camp and just sending them to camp right right and having it work out <laughs> and having it work out right and not being yeah. you know white knuckled oh no <laughs> i was just yeah. gonna go yeah i yes. completely i completely relate to that it was um it was a uh, it's it's very isolating thankfully mm -hmm. now and it, it with you as well since asher is 18 now or, or young adult um that we didn't have all these resources back then no. we did not have social media we did not and i mean social media is is a you know it's a it's a double-edged sword right because we can we can get on social media and and really judge ourselves for all the things we should be doing or the the what all the all the um all the beautiful pictures of families doing the all the things right but yes. it also is a great source of information right and a yeah. great source yeah. of um of uh, of support I wish mm -hmm. that we had that back then, but we have it now, right? So all we can yeah. do is go forward and you have helped so many. I'm, I'm raising my hand. I've, I've listened to your, I'm listening to your book for a second time. It's, I have ADHD, so that's kind of what I do. I find something that I like and I like to like keep digging, get digging into it. And mm -hmm. so you were, um, you were a writer before you, um, before you had Asher, you said you were on a, on a, on a different track. You didn't realize mm -hmm. that you were headed in this direction yeah so yeah. your book is beautifully written and um and fun and funny and informative and you absolutely have um accomplished that um that helping parents with uh feeling supported and seeing thank you yeah thank you that means absolutely. so much yeah it was it's the last book i've written i don't know if i'll write another i have written many books before that but it was definitely the hardest book i ever wrote but that was my goal was to help people read it and instantly see themselves. And I've gotten so much feedback from parents that they feel like I was in their house while I was writing the book because right. they saw so much of their uh, family's life in the words. Yeah. And I, I, I love how in the book and in your work and your podcast um, that you it's about awareness. You really, you really hone in on the, once you are able to kind of surrender, let go of the way you thought it was supposed to be, and really just really surrender into what, what is, things do mm -hmm. begin to change. I remember you, you, um, you spoke about that. I think when you moved to, moved to Amsterdam, I think, and then you finally or kind of had this realization that, oh, you know what, if I shift, if I shift my expectations of Asher, of myself, of our family, and really kind of um, embrace what is, then things begin to change. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. And I, I think it is so hard to do because as you mentioned earlier, social media, school communities, our neighborhoods, our families that we spend time with, we are constantly confronted with reminders that, you know, this looks different, or this is quote unquote wrong, or there's a problem here. And, right. and so we can get so caught up in this mindset of trying to fix and get back on this normal path and get back on the path that 
we wanted or the vision that we had for what our life was going to look like. And, right. you know, because we moved, we moved abroad when Asher had just turned nine <clears throat> and I started homeschooling at that time very reluctantly. And, but I, but that was the right decision at the time, but it took me a while to really lean into it. I still was trying to control the situation. I was trying to just make it, I think I still wanted to get back on this other path. And I just realized the more time I spent with Asher and started to, and, and not be surrounded by reminders all the time about what it was supposed to look like. Right. I started just getting curious about, well, when I do this, my kid is really regulated or, mm. um, actually what is the goal of education anyway? It's to, it's to foster a love of learning and to become a critical thinker and to find passion. And, you know, so I just started just shifting and considering that maybe the vision I had wasn't, well, it certainly wasn't a match for my child, but maybe it's just not, not right really for for anybody like there are no rules and when right. i started thinking about that it was incredibly freeing mm, that's a beautiful realization yeah i mean we we know that our the education system in the united states is broken <laughs> you mm -hmm. know Absolutely. i have to yeah. had to um laugh that no child left behind i'm like you're leaving everybody behind like yeah. all of the kids yeah. who fall through the cracks right we're, we're mm -hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other. I come from an education background. That's a whole other, um, a whole other conversation. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, you know, just to like circle back to that, I was really hopeful that with COVID and the disruption that we were going to return to a different kind of an Something education different, system, right? Yeah. And I haven't seen that happen, and and it's pretty disappointing. Although. Now as we're getting more information about, you know, there's more, there was just a report out this week as we're recording this about, you know, how far behind kids are in terms of, and, and how long that could last for them to quote unquote, get back on track and whatever right. that means. But, um, and the mental health challenges college students are having are, you know, all of these things. And so I, I think the opportunity isn't over for us to really reconsider and make some big changes. Yeah. So, cause we keep getting evidence that we can't just go back to the way things were, it wasn't working well right. before. And it certainly is not working now. Yeah, I completely agree. And at um, studies that I've, um, that I've read, we're talking about that the, the increase in mental health issues and anxiety and depression in, um, in children before the pandemic. And then the mm -hmm. pandemic hit and then when we, the, the resources are not there right yeah. the resources for for the kids i mean trying to get your kid your kids into just to get an evaluation is i mean yeah. months months yeah and it's in meanwhile these kids are the, the kids are suffering so again it's the conversation for another time, i know it's a whole other <laughs> it is podcast, it's a whole yeah. it's a whole ball yeah. of wax i mean yeah mm -hmm. um so um so and I also love in all of your work, you talk about, I love the, I love the term differently wired because mm -hmm. that is what, so again, I'm, I, I have ADHD of, of, um, I found out as an adult, um, when I found out and it, well, it hasn't been into until recently that I've really kind of, um, 
embraced my ADHD and it got involved in, in, uh, in, in groups of other people and, and the realization that oh, my, my entire life makes sense now, right? I, I did a lot of resisting when I first found out I'm fine. I made it through school. I don't need support having kids just, you know, and then a pandemic and everything. It just, it brings everything, you know, the pandemic brought everything to light. Yeah. But I absolutely mm-hmm. love how you call it differently wired because that's exactly how I feel. Like it, maybe it's a, a different kind of nervous system or something. It's not that, it's not that there's something wrong that the term um, deficit, the hyper, that's a horrible term and it's absolutely not if anything it's the opposite and i'm sure you've you've experienced this with asher too it's there there is no lack of um of uh of uh sensation or you know experience or focus yeah it's just it's it's a matter of the directing you know the directing mm-hmm. of the focus. So, thank you for that for the for the uh, differently wired and 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 I love the the uh, the term tilt. So, can you tell us about the, the about tilt parenting in the way that you spell it with the yeah, uh, the capital so, T? Yeah, yeah. And I wish so it's capital T small I and then capital L capital T. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was more of a design thing than anything else. Okay. And I and I will just say. That tilt is not an acronym, but I am open to suggestions. Got so it. if you okay, have perfect. ideas, I'll make, I'll back end it. But oh, that's I'll a good challenge this. for us, our ADHD minds. <laughs> yeah, I'm all ears. Um, but I'll tell you the story of why it's called tilt. Uh-huh. I there's an amusement park ride called the Tilt a Whirl. Uh-huh. Perhaps yes. you've been on it before. It kind of whips you around. And so the summer before we moved abroad, and we were like just throwing out the rule book. We went to the Jersey Shore and Asher and I rode the tilt whirl and my husband snapped a photo of us and we're kind of mid tilt and we're holding on and our hair is blown back and we've got these big grins and we're just like holding on for your dear life, but we're having fun, but we don't know when the next thing's going to happen. Right. Right. And I loved that picture so much. And so when I moved abroad, I decided I'm going to blog about this. And I created a blog called Tilt a World because mm-hmm. I'm like, we're tilting our whole world upside down. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of that image was the foundation. And then a couple of years later, when I started thinking about creating what became Tilt Parenting, I was, you know, I had brainstormed lists and lists and lists of names, you know, off-road parenting, whatever. And Asher was like, nope, nope negative connotation. Don't like this. Don't like this. And I couldn't come up with the right name. And a friend said, what about that word tilt? It's so powerful. And, and it really does evoke this idea of we need to tilt our thinking. We need to, the world needs to tilt for us. And, um, yeah. And it just, I was like, you know what, it's a really great word. And it just felt like it captured everything that I wanted to do. So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that little backstory. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love that. I knew there had to be something, but, um, but yeah, I love that. And I love a visual too. So I can see the tilt, the tilt a whirl. Yeah. So fantastic. So, and tell us about the, the, the revolution. So I get you, I'm on your email list. I get your, I get Mm -hmm. your, uh, your emails as well, which are by the way, packed full of resources and insight. And if you aren't on Debbie's, um, email list, I think you want to be. Okay. So, um, so can you tell us a little bit about the revolution and what you see for uh, parents of differently wired children and, and for different, differently wired, easy for me to say, differently wired kids? 
Yeah. So again, I'll tell you a little story about how I came up with that tagline, which, you know, when I launched till almost seven years ago, it was the revolution for mm -hmm. parents raising differently wired kids. And I spent about a year before I launched till trying to figure out what I wanted it to be and how to share it with the world. And I, I actually studied with this man named um, Jonathan Fields. He is a podcaster, The Good Life Project. He's an mm -hmm. author, wonderful, just thought leader. And he is a, a kind of a social scientist who had spent years researching how um, civil rights movements, social change movements have, have happened and how to create social change. And he mm. created a program for people like me with mission-driven ideas and businesses to, to present those ideas in a way that would inspire the social change you're trying oh, to create. Beautiful. Okay. So I dove deep for a year and I right. just researched and I crafted a manifesto and I really looked at the systemic problems, um, you know, what is keeping this current paradigm in place, mm -hmm. um, all of these pieces to it. I, I researched with a ton of uh, parents as well, just to make sure that the things I was thinking about and struggling with myself would resonate with other people. And But I always saw it as, yeah, this is a social change movement. Right. It is not okay for parents like me to feel like our kids are broken or to just kind of get pushed to the side and right. to not be supported for the incredible people they are. It shouldn't be this hard. And so I always saw this as a revolution to shift the paradigm for mm -hmm. parents with neurodivergent kids. That rev word revolution was always a part of it. And, you know, at the time, again, seven years ago, the landscape was very different. It has right. been fascinating to watch how many incredible people are entering this space Tons of autistic adults are doing incredible work and just right. there's so much more um, visibility of polyvagal theory in the nervous system and understanding of behavior. And it's so exciting to see. Um, so the revolution is well underway and right. I certainly didn't start it, but I wanted to be a, be someone who could kind of rally, like say rally the troops, but get other parents to realize, yeah, this is a revolution. This is yeah. something we have to band together in order to have things change. Right, right. I, I love that. And I um I completely agree to watching um watching the changes that are occurring. And I think for our kids too, seeing possibility. Because mm -hmm. you know, for autistic for for autistic um people, for people with a neurodivergence, mm -hmm. not just neurodivergence, I mean across the board, right? So mm -hmm. when we're a little bit we're, we're not we're not not mainstream, let's say, okay, yeah. for the people that are not yeah. mainstream, to be able to see these people, these change makers that are actually able to take this deficit or this this what's wrong, and mm -hmm. have turned it around, and uh, and I love that. And yeah, so I'm saying this, I need to make a list. Um, one of those, one of those, one of the lists in my head is to make a list of all of the people. Uh, the young people, especially that, um, that my kids can see that, look, look at this, look at all, look mm -hmm. at all that is possible, mm -hmm. you know, just because things are different for us doesn't mean that we can't have amazing lives. Right. Yeah.
Absolutely. So, yeah, that's beautiful. And I, yeah, absolutely. The, the, um, the, um, it is very exciting. I'm, I'm, uh, I've been, I've been doing yoga for about 30 years and I didn't realize at the time that I was treating my, or, you know, it was a lifestyle accommodation for me. And it's something Mm -hmm. that I have to do. Like it's in that Mm -hmm. mind body connection, which I believe is really, really super important for, um, for, those of us with uh, differently wired brains. I mean, for all of mm-hmm. us, right? But especially mm-hmm. us, because I feel like we tend to feel our way through life, you know, our feelings. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and when we can bring our minds back down into our bodies, then we're able to actually use the brain in a way that it's supposed to be used, right? We can use yeah. it to solve problems and and all of that. So it's been, it has mm-hmm. been really exciting like you said to um to see all of these uh these books and these experts and these and all of these um these summits and all of the things that are bringing more awareness um Mm -hmm. and and as you talk about the revolution um you know things take time we can see it Mm -hmm. right it's like like with anything with social change there is definitely change it is definitely coming and it's definitely, there's definitely movement, but there's also still a big need for education of, um, of our educators, <laughs> of yeah. our educators, of our, of our therapists, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is kind of a, um, a side note, but when I was, um, when I was just a little older than Asher, I was, um, I was diagnosed with bipolar, anxiety, depression, and that was my, that was my, diagnosis, right? That was before Mm -hmm, I found mm -hmm. out about the ADHD and never, well, I tried all the drugs and it didn't. Mm -hmm. And, and, and I was diagnosed by, and saw many professionals that were very good at what they did, but they didn't understand neurodivergence, right? They, and, and I think that, that what we, it's encouraging because I know there are, there are people like uh, Holly Blanc Moses, who is, um, mm-hmm. she is, she teaches, she not only works with, um, with her, with the children, but she is also teaching therapists, you know, mm-hmm. how, how do you deal? You know, the, um, and, uh, Emily, do you know Emily King as well? Yes, she, guess, she yes. with the neurodivergent mm-hmm. classroom, which mm-hmm. is super exciting that there yeah. are these things. It is very exciting, but we still have a long way to go. I think we still, I, Completely. Yeah. I completely agree. I'm always kind of shocked at how a lot of mental health professionals who are so important because so many neurodivergent kids also have mental health challenges that they're dealing right. with, anxiety, depression, mood disorders. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am always surprised at how that lane is kind of separated from you know, ADHD or really understanding. I just did an episode on rejection sensitive dysphoria, mm-hmm. and that is such a big deal um, for for a lot of people with ADHD. And there, mm-hmm. but it doesn't like a lot of these things haven't really crossed over into the mental health right. uh, field. And so, I agree, we need a lot more communication there, and certainly with with teachers as well. Right, right. So, what is your what is your focus? Now, what is, what is, uh, what's your passion? What's your, what's your, in, in your work? Yeah. So most of my work centers on supporting parents to kind of do their own deep inner work mm-hmm. to find more peace in this journey. Um, because it is, 
it can feel relentless and it doesn't ever really end. It's not like we reach a point where like, okay, figured it never, out. Good to go. Never, right. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, th- I don't think once you're a mother or a parent, yeah. you're always a parent, right? No matter right. how old they are. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so a lot of what I do is providing resources. Uh, you know, I have a community that I work with parents and doing that work to really uncover our own stuff and how can we tend to our own nervous system so we can co-regulate and how can we understand why we're being triggered and how can we show up basically for our kids and for ourselves. Mm. Um, so that's a lot of what I do. I do um, something I, I really want to be doing more of. And I, and I've just, um, I have a couple events coming up like this, but I really want to start talking to audiences who are not just parents of neurodivergent kids. Like mm. I, I want to be talking to like, sometimes I get brought in by companies who just want to have a better understanding of neurodivergence with their mm-hmm. employees. And I, I just love that because I do feel we're at this tipping point and there's a lot more like people raising neurodivergent kids feel not as isolated, right? They, right. it's easier to find resources. We know we have a great community, but there is still a vast disconnect with people who just don't have experience with it. And so right. we need to bridge that gap. And that's something I'm really interested in doing. You know, just I'll just share, I was out of town last week and um, at a kind of a retreat and it had nothing to do with parenting. I was like a nature retreat and yeah. Lovely. you chit chat with people you're hiking with and stuff. And you know, oh, what do you do? And I'd mentioned neurodivergence and it was like, I was speaking another language. Right. Like, and I, I, it was a real reality check for me. I'm like, oh, I really hang out with most people in my day-to-day life are in this space. And so to spend time with what I call muggles, you know, (laughs) who had no idea. And so that was really interesting. And and I'm feeling like I want to explore ways to, to, yeah, bridge that gap a little bit more because we need yeah. more awareness in in the families with neurotypical kids in order for all of us to kind of move forward. Yeah, that's brilliant because you're right. You're right. And on in our um in our and and first of all, I love that you're working with the parents because there are lots of people, there are lots of specialists, lots of lots of coaches and and uh, therapists that work with the children, but the parents mm-hmm. need to work with the children and the parents need support. Huge. I mean, do you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like they're, yeah. they're we're kind of, totally. we're kind of, <laughs> kind of heavy on the um, supporting the kids, but the parents mm-hmm. and, and, and you allude to this as well. I had the, um, the, uh, the, the harsh realization that my kids, especially my, you know, my neurodiverse kids mm-hmm. are watching me and not just with their eyes, they're, mm-hmm. they're feeling everything from me. So I've got to mm-hmm. up my game. Like that's one of the reasons mm-hmm. I sp- I've been on the map for 30 years is because I've got to calm myself. You know, we talk about Mm co-regulation. We don't, you know, just in the house, the pandemic with all the people in the house, Mm -hmm. there was a lot of energy running through. Yeah. So that, that helping the parents to, and not just deal with or cope with, but like to come on top of, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not just, you know, it's the, the surrendering to this is what is, but it's also, okay, but I can use this for one thing, all the growth, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to be a parent and the growth that happens when you, when you, you know, enter into into parenthood, 
to have a child with um, who's uh, who is differently wired is a whole other <laughs> growth yes. opportunity that we can take. <laughs> Or yeah. we can, you know, repeat the cycles of, um, you know, yeah. of, uh, of uh, generations. So I really yeah. love I that. I mean, they do demand so much of yeah. us. You oh, they know, keep you, they keep you honest, right? They yeah. keep you on your toes. <laughs> so we can choose to rise to meet those demands or not um, and fight it. And, um, but I'm a fan of just leaning in and it's, and it's, it's not easy to do, but it can result in so much personal growth. I think it yeah. does if you're willing to do the work and be vulnerable. It can result in such personal growth, but also it can allow us to have such deeper connections with our kids because we are working to respect and understand them in a way that a parent with a neurotypical kid who's just kind of moving through life might not go that deep with yeah. them um, because they're not required to. Right. So, right. yeah, I absolutely do believe. So, yeah, right. Like like what you um, what you share in your book about Asher and right from the start, like the colic. Oh, my goodness. The colic mm -hmm. in my first was unbelievable. Like He was yeah. on my body for a year like he could not. He did not understand his his body in space and time. And mm -hmm. he he had to have that. Right. Um, but I don't know that my husband would have developed the relationship i don't know that the three of us would have developed the relationship that we did had that not happened very interesting mm -hmm. I, I mean mm -hmm. you know it was it was hell <laughs> but yeah. i can look back on it on all the little nuggets right and then yeah. when when um when my second came along too we still you know we were we were i had a toddler who was in the just the sensory processing overload just mm -hmm. wide open um but we all work together it was an interesting and again that could go either way that can go you know we could we could resist it or we can open up yeah. to it and and allow and and um invite the growth in you know we don't have to call it growth because <laughs> yeah. people are like oh, i don't want to grow but uh but and i do <laughs> love that you're um that you're uh um you had that realization about the muggles right the the people who don't understand and then you're right because you know in your instagram feed or your facebook feed or the you know the people that you're talking to every day this is what we do right we're, we're talking about neurodivergence yeah. and then we step outside and oh you have no idea what i'm talking about yeah I, absolutely yeah. that 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 um, <laughs> education of um of uh you know and our teachers too the teachers don't necessarily mm -hmm. understand it uh, and 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 all of the parts of it you know and when I'm, when we're talking about um ADHD the i think the main understanding is the focus issue right but mm -hmm. that's just part of it that's not yes. you know there's so much more the emotional regulation mm -hmm. for me is huge that's the piece yeah. that um mm -hmm. that and when you're not emotionally regulated, of course you can't focus, you can't remember yeah. things, you know, all of the other yeah. executive functioning skills that we just, we don't have access to. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So um, what was I gonna say? Um, I don't know, it's gone because- I, I was just gonna jump in with the ADHD. Um, another thing that I think 
a lot of people don't realize is just the social challenges that kids with ADHD have um, because they they struggle they have lagging social skills often the impulse control they may you know say the wrong thing and not realize they may not respect people's personal space or, or whatever it is or because they have been kind of labeled as a bad kid because they because of the way that they move or the space out or whatever it is but um i know there's so much uh so many kids with ADHD just really struggle in the middle school and high school years with, mm-hmm. with social connection. And that has long lasting impact as well. I mean, so all of these pieces and yeah, emotional regulation, huge. I think there's just a lot of misunderstanding about yeah. what's really involved with ADHD. Yeah. So I'm excited that you're going to teach the muggles <laughs> and teach the, <laughs> teach the, teach, you know, to, to share with everyone the, you know, why can't we just see it as, as differently wired rather than something to fix? I think, and that's, that's one of your points that you, that you hone in on is that it's not something to fix. It's something yeah. like, how can we take it and, and use it, you know, the, the, the differences. Yeah, I think one of the moments for me that really shifted, and I I do believe I wrote this, I wrote about this in the book, was when I was homeschooling Asher and we were working on a paper, you know, or something. Ash was writing a paper for some book, and I think Asher was maybe like eleven, but he would like circle, you know, walk around and do like cartwheels over the back of the couch and whatever, and and while dictating to me while I was typing, and that's right. how we would write back then, and. I was just kind of like, I was, I was like, all right, I have to close my eyes right now. Cause I'm getting dizzy watching you <laughs> and right. like motion sick. And, um, but we talked about it afterwards and I said, I'm really understanding why school is so hard. And you are mm. somebody who really just needs to move in order to process and write and create. And what you create is incredible, right? but this is your process. And Ash said to me, well, it, yeah. And my process isn't a problem for me. It's right. only a problem for other people. Oh, that's like, brilliant. Oh, yeah, you're right. And, and and it was that moment I was like, wow, it really is just about an environment not accommodating. Like, why shouldn't Asher walk around the room and do cartwheels in order to create something brilliant? Who right. says that's not okay? You right. Know? I mean, this is this is what I do. <laughs> I don't do yeah. cartwheels, but I go for a walk <laughs> so I can clear my mind so I can have, yes. you know, clear thinking like, I, yeah, the, the whole uh, going back to our original, um, original thoughts on the education system and sitting in a hard chair, um, facing the board all day is just, I wonder really how many people that actually does <laughs> work for very small percentage very small has percentage. to be yeah i mean I'm, there are certainly students who can like get through right because right. they're able to but i don't think it's a win for almost anybody yeah no i don't either i don't either well debbie this has been an amazing conversation i've been really excited to talk to you and um and uh i really admire your work and um and uh, and really excited, like I said, uh, to to see you sharing your work with um, with uh, with the the rest of the population, right? That really needs to understand. And I think that the the interesting thing about neurodivergence too is that it's different for every single person. You know, it's um, I am yes. not the hyperactive little boy, right? That, but I yeah. have ADHD. <laughs> I have my yeah. 
yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So how can our um, how can our listener listeners find you? The best place is just tiltparenting.com and that is where you can find you know the podcast is kind of my key content piece. I have more than 300 episodes and you can kind of search by category and theme to find those. And yeah, and I'm also on social media at Tilt Parenting and Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I am not on TikTok. I have a lot of resistance around that. And I do too. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, I just, I feel like I'm too old, but we'll see, we'll see. Um, (laughs) I hear you. But yeah, I, I, um, and I also just, uh, I'll just let you know, I have a couple of new free resources. I just shared a new one this week. It's called 10 Things You Need to Know About Raising a Differently Wired Child. And it's a Mm. 10 day video series that I literally just shared this week. So I'm trying to just create more ways for people to, yeah, to navigate this and to get the resources that they need. Right. Perfect. Well, thank you. Thank you for your work. Definitely go check Debbie out. Um, Go subscribe, rate, and review her podcast, Tilt Parenting. It's brilliant. And you have some amazing conversations and and guests on. And I listened to that, um, the uh, episode about um, the uh, uh, RSD. RSD? Yeah. 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 And that's totally me. Like, wow, you're so sensitive. I'm like, I know, but I remember what you said to me when I was 12. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. It stuck with me. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, So if there's one thing that you could suggest to our listeners that they could do right now to begin their tilt parenting journey, what would that be? Mm. Wow. I would say to notice Notice an area where you find yourself getting frustrated with your child, mm. something they're doing, um, maybe the fact that they're dilly-dallying and come in your, or you have to ask them 30 times to come to the dinner table or, you know, kind of, so kind of hone in on something and then get curious about what's really going on. Get curious about why it bothers you so much. What are you making that mean? My kid's disrespectful. My kid is this, right. my kid is that. And see if you can reframe it and think, oh, the, you know, I wonder what skill my child doesn't have um, that is kind of getting in the way here. Mm. And kind of, so kind of unpacking our own like frustrated or annoyed reaction mm-hmm. and more shifting to thinking about, okay, this is, and this is Dr. Ross Green's language, right? What's the lagging skill here? Right. And so I would invite you to like when your body tells you or your brain says, this is really annoying and I'm getting triggered, try to investigate beneath the surface what's going on there. Right. I love that shift, Debbie, because it's just a shift. It's a shift from why are you doing that thing to, oh, what does my child need? What what is, what is lacking? Yeah. Perfect. I mean, and that's a game changer. (laughs) Yeah. We feel so different. Then we show up differently. Our child doesn't get elevated. Their emotional regulation can say, and and then they can be more available to learn. So yeah, it really starts there, but we we need to start noticing what's going on with us. Brilliant. Well, Debbie, again, it's been fantastic to have this conversation with you and, um, and thank you for the good work that you're doing in the community and outside of the community soon to come as well. All right. Thank you, Tracy. Thank you so much. Thank you. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. 
To get started on your vision-driven mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.